Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. A mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The snooze flip split king would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. I'm your host, Bruto, joined by AJ Hayfley. To talk- What's up? You- How was the uh, postgame last night? It was good. Seeing Jesse again, we had a blast as much. So as we much had better without me on it. <laughs> Let's not get hasty. Let's not oh. get hasty. I tell you, last night was uh, last night was weird night in the arena, man. It was. Yeah. I wrote about it in my uh, post game piece, but just a just a weird atmosphere in the building. Like considering it's like the two teams who tied at the top of the NHL standings last year and then played in the postseason, it was weirdly lacking in energy. Not a great hockey game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just the game itself was just like not great, and then. It was just it was just two teams that just like they clearly don't like each other, but didn't seem to care enough about their dislike to act much on it. And they it was it was like two teams who were like, Can we just get this over with? Ready to be done here. Yeah. Like the like the I'm sure I'm sure your wife has dragged you on errands before and you have to like <laughs> go to that one place that you absolutely can't stand. For me, it's IKEA. <laughs> where we go to ikea and i'm just like grumpy the whole time and i'm like this is stupid i don't want to do this yeah and i'm just like a, i'm like a miserable asshole the entire time both teams were that partner yesterday <laughs> they were both just like the miserable asshole who wanted it to just be done i think that they kind of like shook hands at the start of the game because the guys were like look we don't have Taze and gerard you don't have patcheretti and stone let's just get this Pas- done Pacioretty and Stone and Alec Martinez yeah. and Alex Tuck and Nolan Patrick and, and <laughs> yo, we can get into dating advice if you guys want. Oh boy. Probably asking the wrong guy on that one, but you know. AJ yeah. might have some good advice for you. It's true. Rudo was just like, just meet the girl for yeah. you in high school and don't I ever let her go. Dated one person my entire adult life, so <laughs> pretty pretty straightforward for me must be easy <laughs> but, i mean look yes i don't think it was a very good hockey game by any stretch of the imagination nonetheless you expect more out of the abs right <laughs> yes okay yeah i mean look they did not they didn't they didn't play well yeah um they didn't they didn't play well, but they also played better than Vegas did. I they I don't maybe for the majority of the game, they certainly didn't play better than Vegas in the first period. 
They did. I mean, statistically, they did, but they made the big mistakes. Like they they made the big mistakes and they did not capitalize. Well, so here's my thing. The Avs have been outshot in their last four games in a row. Now, some of that is the Avs just aren't hitting the net with their shots. Some of that is teams like Florida taking a bunch of low-quality ones that are going on net. But however you want to slice it, compared to the ridiculously heavy possession team that they were last season... Yeah, they aren't even in the ballpark. And, and I know no one is expecting them to put up the possession numbers they did last year because those are outrageous. Yeah, but they aren't even close. They're not even anywhere near a quality possession team right now. They are, you know, we're seeing them get beat when it comes to possession metrics. And I, yeah, I get it. They still generate high quality opportunities and there's still a lot of good things to look at there. But it feels quite a bit harder for this team right now to impose their game plan onto a hockey game. Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, look like I, I wish, I wish we could just erase last year from everybody's memories. It's not the same team. They're not as good. Uh, they are not going to put up comical possession numbers like they did last year sure um it's it's just not gonna happen like they're not the same group it's just not the world we live in anymore and they they just don't i mean even the things that are working aren't working very well yeah like byram mccarr has been a revelation right and McCarr's like, kind of just getting by. Yeah, and and McCarr's just been all right. Yep. Um, you feel like he's on the upswing, but we haven't seen like a Kale McCarr game. Yep. And with Byram, they all feel like the Bowen Byram game. Yeah, the guy's been awesome. Clicking for sure. Yeah, and then like they they have not uh, their top line obviously had the dominant game in Tampa Bay. They have scored one goal last night, and it was Kale McCarr. Yeah, and with the top line on the ice, like McKinnon got the assist, yeah. and Byram got the secondary. But like Colorado's top line, if you look at it, uh, Colorado they so they helped generate the goal last night. They scored all the goals in Tampa Bay. Uh, and then you go back to Florida. They scored the goal in Florida. They did. They scored one of the goals in Washington. Top line was hindered at that point, but yeah. It was, but one of the goals in Washington. I mean, we were talking about like, hey, the top line's got to get going. It did. And now it's on, you know, we 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 said, hey, did the, the defense needs to activate offense a little bit more. And it did. It got it was better. Last night the defense was all over the place. Eric Johnson, Brian Murray had easily his best game in an avalanche uniform. He was all over the place. And Byram and McCarr were flying over the zone. And Maybe. and we're we're helping generate. And none of these guys, none of these guys are finishing. I mean, you've got Nazem Kadri and Andre, Andre Burakovsky didn't do didn't did, didn't do anything last night. Maybe this circles back into my original point because you look at the Evs shots on goal. The Evs top line had ten shots last night. Byram and McCarr combined for another five, so that's fifteen shots out of the Evs twenty-seven on goal in the game. The top. Five, the unit of the top five players on the team, when you take McCarr and Byron with the top line, had 15 of their 27 shots. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, you the depth the depth has got to be better. I mean, Kadri and Burkowski, Burkowski have to be better. They've got to be, like, JT Comfort, Tyson Jost have got to do something. You know, and we expected JT Comfort was going to have some dry games because he was four points in, like, three games or something. You know, and and that was the frustration is that 
JT Confer specifically was producing. The top line and then nobody else really was. And then the top line got put back together, began producing, and then I mean, are we everybody really else talking, stopped? Are we talking about a game of inches here, or do you want to see more consistency out of guys like Burkowski and Kadri? Because Berkey ripped one off the post last night. Are, yeah. are we having a different conversation if that shot is two inches lower and it goes in? Yes. Okay. Because so Yes, because you're talking about results versus what could have been. Yeah. If Landeskog bangs home that, that around, yeah, yeah, if he finishes the wraparound, they they tie the game and they had all that momentum. They spent the entire third period leaning on him. Yeah, I I think they you know, handily like they, outplayed that team in the third period. They just couldn't yeah. get the goal. Yeah. And and I mean you, the the sense of urgency was there all yeah. up and down the lineup. It wasn't like that was top line only. It was that the bench got greatly shortened because they were trying to get that goal. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it also got forcibly shortened on the defensive side. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Jack Johnson thing was fucking stupid. Yeah. I, and... I don't think we really need to have the conversation again beyond that should not be a major penalty, but that, I mean, even calling it a, even calling it a minor penalty is that's a bang, bang play that I... you don't want to take. You, you don't want to take that kind of physicality Look, out of the game. If but. you call it a minor because of interference, especially on a review, whatever. Fine. Yeah. Maybe right. he, didn't, he didn't quite get the puck or whatever. Fine with it. But there's no universe where that's a major penalty. Yeah. yeah. And, and on review, it's like, what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. But they're looking at the fact that the guy got hurt. And they're saying, hey, we punish, we punish injury in this league. And then he comes back fine and dandy for the third period. And it's like, okay. Anytime you ever get hit, no. So what we've learned, yep. you should go down on one knee. Uh, anytime you are near the boards, and you, if you get hit, you should always stay down. So we're we're pushing to play soccer here, soccer on ice at this point. So is is what the refs are telling the players. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the behavior. That's what they've rewarded so far this year. So. No, not confident that Makar is 100% healthy, but I don't give a shit. Plus, if, that. He's, if he's playing, he has to be <laughs> Kale Makar. That's the bottom line here is that your best players have to be your best players. It does not matter. If you are, if you are, are you 100% every day that you get up out of bed and you go to the office? No, but you are expected to go into your job and be an adult and take care of your business. That's how it is. We all have to do it. If Kale McCarr is healthy enough to play, he's got to be Kale McCarr. So that's, uh, yeah. I, Tyson I don't... Jost is taking maintenance days every practice day. He's got to he's gotta produce. You get him into a game, he's got to play. The he's got to produce. If, you're, if really... you're so injured that you can't, you well, can't produce, now, you should not be in the lineup. I, I generally agree. I think it's a problem that you see, especially high-end players in the league, you'd run into a lot. Because every player ever is going to tell the coach that he's good to go, basically, no matter what. And the question becomes, are you still capable of helping the team if you're at 60, 70, whatever percentage it may be? But with the Avs defense as it is currently, a poorly playing Kale McCarr at whatever percentage of health he may be at, versus what they have at the bottom of their decor right now. <laughs> Replacing him with whatever it is they they end up, I guess it'd be Jacob McDonald at this point. Mm-hmm. Not going to make up the distance, you know? Yeah. So. But, I mean, you you still, like, if, oh, this guy has to be 100% healthy in order for him to yeah, be effective. For sure. He's got to be, he's got to find ways to be effective as he You is. have There's to no figure this out. Him, you're but... never going to win a Stanley Cup at that point then because you're never going to be 100% healthy in the postseason. And that means you're not going to be, if you're not going to be effective. Just consider this great practice for the postseason when he spends the entire postseason getting his hands hacked. Well, and he scored a goal the other night. Yeah, he scored a goal last night, and but and and look, like he played better than he had been. Yeah, it, we're all we're saying is that he just he just hasn't been a plus like, Kale yet. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen like the Kale McCarr game yet. I agree so far this year, like the one where you're just like this guy's on a different level. 
I, I agree. He's been, but he's been. I just don't think that's one to really be a stickler on right now. The Avs have significantly bigger problems there. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't, the injury. Oh, is this guy a hundred percent? Is this guy a hundred percent? Like the guy, the guy's, the guy is playing. Yeah. So one, did you know Jack Johnson could fight that well? Or does Nick Waugh just suck at fighting? I think Nick Waugh probably just sucks at fighting. Okay. Just checking on that one because Jack Johnson kind of, Beat the shit out of him yeah. in that fight. Um, and then the other problem I think the Avs ran into in this hockey game is in the third period. Bold statement, considering there's no Gerard or Taves. Of course, McDonald's playing tomorrow. Uh, you think they'll sit McDermott? No, they need another body. So why? Yeah, I think McDonald. I think McDonald plays. Yeah, he's either he's oh, either oh, playing. Right. Did they not rescind Jack Johnson's extra no. game? Uh, no, I think he's. I think Johnson's good to go for tomorrow. Then they don't need an extra body, right? It'd well, Johnson, Johnson, I mean, Byron McCarr, Mary McDermott. I think either he's either on forward or on defense. I I would bet money that Jacob McDonald plays tomorrow. All right. I. It, it, regardless of whether McDonald plays or not. My question is, can the Avs continue to put McDermott in the lineup at all? Because we we saw blatantly that Jared Bednar does not want to put that dude on the ice. He ended up playing. I mean, it's it's weird because he defended him after the game. I mean, I don't I don't care what he said in his presser. As a defenseman, Curtis McDermott was the low man in time on ice in a game where they were without yeah. Jack Johnson for the entire third period. Well, and they, 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 you know, they mentioned, uh, you know, he mentioned, look, a, a, a lot of the ice time got shifted just because guys were, because they were losing and they were trying to get that goal. And so, like, you know. So there's, if they're, saying if they're protecting a lead then you know mcdermott will be on the ice more often than if they're chasing a game so if you're down one goal you can't even get eight minutes out of curtis mcdermott is is what i'm hearing that, I, I mean look i'm just telling you what the guy said and i, I hear you and it, it, look i everybody knows how i feel about it and have felt about it from the second that deal happened it was dumb. It was bad. He's not a good player. He's not an effective NHL player. He's terrible. I mean, so I mean, I just uh, I he's not done playing. He's not. He's gonna. He's gonna be in the lineup again at some point. It could even be tomorrow. But it's 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 gonna happen. Like they're gonna they're going to continue to to make this mistake because there's somebody somewhere in that organization. That legitimately feels like there's value here. I I understand that there's somebody that in the org that thinks there's value there, but what is the breaking point? Is is I guess what I'm asking because right now we've seen every game he's gotten in. Jared Bednar has shied away from playing him significantly. His on ice numbers are abysmal in every single category, and I just struggle to see how the organization, whoever it is in the organization that thinks this guy is useful can continue to find ways to make him useful. Even if they're the whole team besides Jared Bednar, it sounds like even Jared Bednar believes in the guy, but he's played three games and he has 25 minutes of ice time at five on five. The dude just does not get out on the ice enough to be in your lineup. Well, he shouldn't. He's horrible. So I just, I, I guess I just don't understand the disconnect there as how this dude en- ends up in your lineup again and again for the head coach to not even use him. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the only thing that the coach is comfortable using him in is a game where they're up by three and there's five minutes left. And that, in that case, anybody will do, right? But yeah. Anyway. 
We yeah, are no, rushing you all by Breck Ridge Brewery. We'll get to your thoughts in a second. Sorry, AJ. Uh, go check out the Breck beer at the DNVR bar. You can get eight different kinds on tap down there or find it at your local liquor store as well. And then hit up Green Mountain Dental Group as well. They're the number one family dentist in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. So jump on that, get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush, get yourself some Breck Brews, get all of the good stuff you want, and then consider signing up for a DNVR annual membership as we got a good deals going on right now. Tons of content coming your way from the Avs beat, but also the Nuggets, Broncos, you name it. We got you all covered, even Rockies if you're into the off-season baseball stuff. Check that out too. So get your free shirt along with your annual membership. It's a great deal. You get big beers at the bar. You get access to the DNVR lounge. All sorts of awesome stuff. So, yeah, check us out today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I know we've talked about it before, but we're going to have to keep talking about it until it gets better. Because the Avs power play may have legitimately cost them the game last night. You look at that game, the Avs go not just over on their power play, but a negative one in a game that they lose two to one. Yeah. Not good enough. Uh, also, amusingly enough, followed the pattern of they called two quick ones on Vegas and then swallowed the whistle for the rest of the game. Yep. So... Not not my favorite thing in the world, but dope. Great. And I'm going to avoid the conversation of inconsistent refing. I thought I was there tonight, just like any other night. But we've talked that one out at this point. Uh, your hockey team's just got to figure out ways to be effective in the opportunities that they get. Mm-hmm. That simple. And the abs were the very first entry they had in the game was great. It was exactly what we had talked about a couple of days ago or, or last week where they didn't slow up. They didn't try to pull up and get set up. They went for a more fast break style entry and got a great opportunity in front of the net. Yeah. And I, saved it, but I would be a lot, I would be a lot happier. So what I think they need to start doing, I don't have a problem with their entry. It's just that, I mean, their they entry was the disaster last they night. They slow okay. up. They, they stop. Part of their entry is that, Everybody knows that that as soon as they get inside the blue line, they're going to stop and they're going to try and move the puck back to it. And what they need to do for a couple of games is they need to they need to break in to the zone and they need to get the defenders all moving back. Press forward. Yeah. And then and then as soon as they start to do that, then teams are going to be teams teams are going to be less willing to stack all of their PK guys right at the blue line and just stand there because yep. that's what they're doing is that right. they are right now. They are, they are eliminating the entry right at the blue line. So all Colorado either has to do is they have to dump it a couple of times and force those guys to turn and skate, or they have to break in and just keep going because it's not, it's not doing anything for McKinnon to get in, to gain, to gain the zone entry. And, then Stop. pull up on the half wall and then move it back along the wall oh. to, to Macar or something. And They've got to continue to push the defense back because right now the, the PK is not nobody's PK is respecting. Yeah. With respecting with the, setup the fact of PKs, that if the, you pull the, up, they're immediately smothered, right? Because you're pulling up right into the defense that was standing at the blue line. Yeah. You, and they're not respecting that the abs might just keep going. Because they don't, other than the first break-in last night, they didn't. The rest of their break-ins, they all, well. A couple of entries. Breaking uh, at the blue line. but You either either chip it in when you're McKinnon and you've got speed and you're going to win the foot race to that puck. Yep. Or you just carry it all the way in and you go around that dude and you go wide on him and you just all the way around. All the way around. That's and because you just you have to force a team to move because right now they're just standing still at the blue line and they're just breaking it up and moving it down the ice. It's another uh, the same thing we say when McKinnon curls even at five on five, right? The abs are defending themselves. Yeah. Yeah. 
So defending themselves. No, I'm not putting God damn it. No, I am not putting two defensemen on a power play. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I I think we've answered that one enough, but you know. Yeah, every... what's wrong? I don't understand what's wrong with them. They would they would love they would kill to have last year's power play again this year. Yep. I understand that fans are tired of it and that they're they think it all it's it's all bad all the time and that the power play has been broken and incompetent and blah 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 for years, but they're just you're just wrong. It hasn't been. Last year's power play was really good. If they could do if they could get last year's power play, it was I believe it finished seventh, but it's in terms of generating chances, they were in the top three in everything. And then the power play was dominant in the postseason. Eighth last year. So okay, it was eight, it finished eighth, and it was at what, like twenty two point seven. Yeah, twenty two percent. Would take that. Right now, would take that. The year before, they were 19th with 19%. That one was bad. The year before that, they were 7th at 22%. And the last year, the first year the Az made the playoffs during this stretch, they were 8th at 22%. So, of Ray Bennett's tenure with under Jared Bednar, not including 16-17 for obvious reasons, of the last four full years of hockey, they have been... Seventh, seventh, eighth, and then a nineteenth. Mm-hmm. So three of the four years is the top ten power play in the league. I mean, I'd take that. Would you love to have first? Totally. But there's also the reality that like Nathan McKinnon bombing one timers is not the like they don't have an Alex Ovechkin, right? Like they don't have a guy that just sets up and does that over and over and over. Yep. You know, Miko Miko is great. Like Rantanen is an unbelievable shooter and a great player, but their power their power is in the the you know, Nathan McKinnon's best asset is his wrist shot. Uh, Same I mean, with Kale McCarr. That's it's the like it's they're both good on the power play but they're not great on the power play. It's too early for the Avs to be looking at any trades. I'll put it that way. Thank you for the super chat, though, Colton. Um, there, the Avs' second power play goal sums up exactly why their power play can be so dangerous. I think when that team gets into the zone and gets set up and runs plays that they want to run, they have too many guys that the defense has to respect. Yeah. You put Kale McCarr at the point. You can't just let that guy walk in. You put Miko on the far side. You can't just let that guy have the puck. You put McKinnon on the other side. You can't just let that guy have the puck. And all of a sudden, there's too many guys to cover for for a penalty kill that only has four players on the ice. You see, as I said, the Avs' second power play goal of the season, the defenders had to commit to Miko. They had to commit to Kale. They had to commit to Landy driving the net. And all of a sudden, McKinnon slides into the soft spot, and you score a goal. So, you need, particularly off the puck, you need the abs to be doing effective things in the zone that make defenders pay attention to them. You have to be able to help the puck carrier a little bit, that they can't just double-team the guy with the puck all the time. Or if they are double-teaming the guy with the puck, somebody should be wide the hell open. Yeah. And a power play feeling predictable is fine for me. Um, you do what you do. Almost all power plays are predictable. You think you think the Caps have been disguising what they've been doing with Ovechkin for 15 years? Yeah. You know, uh, you think you think Edmonton's really reinventing the wheel with Dreisaitl and McDavid? When you have elite players, you just let them do stuff, you know? Again, predictability is fine as long as you're keeping defenses honest. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you've got to, you have to throw wrinkles at them. The, the, your same basic setup is fine. You do what you do. You have an identity and you just keep doing your thing. But the, there, there have got to be, there've got to be wrinkles. You know, that's why, that's why the zone entry sometimes has two guys in the back. Yep. 
you know, why double drop pass. Yeah, exactly. They, they, you know, all the teams, every team in the NHL does a version of the drop pass and they all have their own little wrinkle that tailors to their teams. And with, with McKinnon, McKinnon is a zone entry monster. It needs to be McKinnon and he needs to go. He, I mean, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to make better decisions. Yep. It's clear to me, at least, that there's no one else on the abs that come even close to the zone entry abilities of Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at how Burakovsky, Burakovsky's zone entries are just like, well, like they 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 would be better off having that guy dump it one step outside the blue line with when he has speed. Yep. But when it comes to with when it comes to McKinnon and he just needs to yes he needs to do it better. Yep. He needs, I, he needs to do it better because you're looking at you're looking at the, the their their decision making. Yep. Isn't good and they're they're too strictly adhering to their 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 the creativity is being cut off. Yep. And you just can't they're stuck in the mud a little bit for sure. Yeah. They it's always the worst. It's always the worst when uh you're you're slow out of the gate. Well I think because then everything is bad and everybody should be fired. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not listening to anyone saying anyone should be fired at this. I point. I do really. I do. I do love the idea though that the guy, the the coach that that's out there that's going to fix Colorado's power play is a dude who on October 27th is unemployed in the in the hockey world. <laughs> I love. I love that idea. It, well, I think this. Your your last point goes beyond the power play too. They need to execute at five on five significantly better as well. It, it, yeah, I did grades last night and I gave all of the top line guys good grades. Yeah, but as a group, they were very clearly still a little out of sync. It's look, I get Vegas played the majority <laughs> of that game in a very specific way that involves them packing the box and it makes it hard for the abs to get clear shooting lanes. But you're talking about, I could pick out 10 times in that hockey game where an abs forward cuts to the middle of the ice is in the high slot. And not only does he not take a shot, but he skates himself right into the corner and the play dies. And you just can't do that in the NHL. Certainly not that often. You're, you're turning up, you're turning over the puck and not generating a quality opportunity from a quality area on the ice. It's just not good enough. Yeah. And I, no. I'm not saying that guy needs to shoot it every time, but he needs to make a decision <laughs> with the puck that at least continues a quality possession for the hockey team. Yeah. So thank you for the super chat, Pink King. Much appreciated. Uh, look, there's a lot of things the Evs could do better. We can continue talking about it in a second, but we are brought to you all by StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get it at StravaCraftCoffee.com, 25% off when you use code DNVR25 at checkout. So get on that. Get a great deal there. Have it as your morning coffee. Wake you up and take care of any aches and pains you might have. Then hit up Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a very long time here in Colorado. They got you covered. Whatever you might need, it's, it's they're super awesome. Look, I I know the housing market is actually insane right now, so it's it's really tough to navigate. Mike is a certified financial planner that can help you find the exact right thing for you to do. And even if you already own a home with prices going up, it's creating natural equity. If you have a mortgage insurance, you, there's a good chance that you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. So you can reach these guys at dnbrmortgage.com or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Hit them up. You have a chance to win some free DNVR merch as well. Get a free consultation on a home loan or anything involving looking to, to get some money out of your own home. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And then hit up 
DraftKings. Maybe you want to make a little bit of extra cash on the side. DraftKings Sportsbook is a great way to do it and have some fun doing it. They have amazing odds boosts every single day. But going on right now, all you have to do is sign up for a new account with DNVR. Bet $5 on any NFL team to win their next game. And if they do win, you get $200 in free bets. So that's just 200 bucks to play with. And all you have to do is bet against the Dolphins this week. And then you get 200 bucks. So check them out. Go get your $200 in free bets. Be sure to check out their same game parlays. Those are always fun to, uh, to really boost your odds if you think a handful of things are going to hit in a single game. And then we'll uh, we'll be uh, doing our own little thing starting probably not this Saturday, but Saturday after that. We're going to start our little uh, Saturday slate of bets. Should be fun. No, I'm excited for that. I know. It's going to be it's going to be hard to hit one, but someone's going to do it. I have a good feeling it's not going to take too long for someone to hit the Super Saturday slate. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to get that bet $5 to win at 200 If they win, you uh, can get $200 in free bets. I already said that. Of course, DNVR code, you have to use it. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, we saw some different lines at practice today. Do you think that's the answer? Do you think a little bit of a shakeup can get things going? Uh, no. I, and I, I mean, I don't think it'll last long. Anyway. I, I don't think it will either, but I, I'm, I have no doubt Bednar is just looking for a little bit of a spark offensively, right? Yeah. So. If Berkey on the top line can get him going a little bit, if something sparks in that yeah. middle six, you know. Yeah, I mean, Landeskog, Kadri, and O'Connor are such an interesting trio. You know, our our O'Connor doesn't, you know, doesn't have very much puck skill. Yeah. But the energy is there, and the effort is honest every night, and he gets after it, you know? So he's just running around disrupting things and you let the other yeah. two guys do the heavy lifting. That's he's kind of the... he's doing the Alexander Burroughs next to the Sedin twins kind of thing. You know, where he just yep. he needs to just go be the crash test dummy and run into a bunch of people and puck pops the uh, pop pucks loose and see how it goes. Yeah, I I, I, you know, I don't think that's a long-term solution, but I think it'll I'm, be fun for a couple of shifts. I mean, you're right. I think that's a, by period two, we might see the lines back to normal on that one. But yeah, I don't think it's something that's going to last particularly long. The other conversation here is, do we, do we start talking about bringing Alex Newhook back to this lineup at this point? Yep. Because... I mean, you can start with the Couts and Megnas of the world that clearly aren't producing any. I mean, offense. pick one, dude. Count Megna, Ranta. Well, Maltz well, have already got cut. That's like, the point I wanted to get into. Like, you have Count and Megna, who clearly on the Avs depth chart seem to be a step behind Ranta, but Ranta hasn't produced any offense either. Yeah. So you have essentially an entire line of guys that you have gotten nothing out of. And that is a different line than what was the Helm O'Connor Jost line, which you're also not expecting to get any offense out of. Yeah. No, I don't miss Gabe Bork. Yeah, no. definitely not. Gabe Bork, Dom would, Gabe no. Bork would fit right in in this bottom six, not scoring any points. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but they cannot continue like this. You cannot have half of your forward core with the ex- expectation that they're just not going to score ever. Right? So the Avs want to start scoring goals. They need to either find something that works there or try something different. I, I don't know if that's new hook. I don't know if that's Shane Bowers. I, you know, they could be key for Sherwood for all I care, but something's got to work, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to find a solution at some point. You, you can't just continue to drift yep. with these guys, you know? Yep. 
and and that's just where I don't I don't get it. Hey, you guys, Alex Alex Newhook's not exactly torn it up in the AHL, and you guys want to make him the second line center? I mean, come on. You also can't. Kadri can't play wing. Like this is proven with this team that Kadri does not function on the wing. But yeah, for the for the for the because we've got people who are like, oh, just see what happens. Okay, well, that's what they've done with Sampo Ranta. This is what happens. You don't get anything out of it. The guy doesn't do anything. Well, and I'm and I'm okay with the way they've you utilized Sampo Ranta, but you're six games into the season, you're two and four, and Sampo hasn't really given you anything. So go give New Hook the next six games. That's that's kind of how it works. But granted, getting Val Machushkin back, I think, will make a lot of this bottom six I mean, it certainly helps because at least you get a competent NHL player at that point. I mean, you get a competent NHL player and the number of dudes that are going to be playing over their head is lessened by that, right? Yeah. I mean, when you move, you get a guy, you get that guy, and then you you can move everybody down into either appropriate roles and you start to limit the number of these black holes that you have in your lineup. Yeah. You know, it just, it does strengthen you a little bit. Uh, But right, like right now they've got, They've just got to, like, these guys have to look at, you know, Bender said something last night in his post-game presser uh, about Bowen Byram flipping the switch at the start of the season. And he said, look, he's the example that the other young guy should be looking to. He wasn't great in the preseason. He didn't do much in exhibition games. We talked to him a whole bunch, but that guy, as soon as the game started to count, found a way to be an impact player. And put his best foot forward and broke out of his comfort zone and pushed himself to his limit and pushed, just kept pushing himself and kept holding himself to a, to a certain standard. And we're seeing the results of that right now. And he's, he's basically saying, look, look at all these other young guys that are in the lineup. I mean, you got Sampo Ranta, Martin Kaut, Mikhail Maltsev. You know, these guys, there's accountability here. You know, you look at, you look at Mikhail Maltsev in, in New Jersey last year. Got away with whatever he wanted, right? Yep. No big deal. Just wanted to get him in the NHL. Didn't hold him to a certain level of play. Well, guess what, dude? You're on a you're on a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup. There's a different there's a different standard day in and day out in in the Avalanche locker room right now. And that's evidenced by the fact that a guy like Maltsev was one bad game. And instead of everybody just being like, ah, bummer, they cut that dude. They sent him down and they said, get your head right. I mean, there's a certain, there's a standard that they're, that they're tempting to set here. And we're not seeing these young guys live up to it. They're getting chances. You know, are they getting, are they getting an abundance of ice time? No, but they're getting, I mean, Shane Bowers would cut a bitch for seven NHL minutes right now. Yep. And we're just not seeing these guys take it, take enough of advantage of it. You know, Ranta, Kaut, Maltsev, the Jason, Jason Magna is just sort of there, but he's the outlier there. He's the anomaly. Yeah. You're just not seeing good enough from these young guys. And, you know, I'm all for bringing new hook up and giving him a look and all that, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's see. Sure. But you've got to do it realistically. You're not going to just drop that guy into your top six move no. Nazem Kadri around it. Come on. I'm I'm not saying you should, you know, full YOLO the kid, but no, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I, I, you and I are on the same page. Like if he needs to, I have no problem if they wanted to bring him back and they want to, they want to give this dude uh, a look, uh, a, a consistent role, something. I mean, it's not fine. There's no big secret here, right? Everyone knows that, the Avs forward core, particularly beyond the top line, has not pr- produced enough through six games this season. So if you bring in New Hook, the message is very simple. Play your ass off, score some points, and you'll stick. Yeah. I mean, 
even if you don't score some points, generate chances, don't make mistakes defensively. Yep. Lay the body, play physically, make yourself noticeable in some fashion. Like I genuinely don't think that Martin Cowd has played poorly. I think he's been fine. I agree. I think he's been a solid player. I I haven't. I, I think he's been better than Sample Ranta, who looks horrible defensively. It's, yeah, the problem with Sampo is he's never going to be an effective player on the defensive side of the puck, and he's brought you virtually nothing offensively. Right. And I mean, look, hey, if Leonard doesn't stop him on the doorstep last night yeah, and he scores sure. his first goal, then hey, we're 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 talking about him taking steps forward and. But- he did stop him. He fought so. through adversity and this and that, but instead nothing changed. Yep. You know, if we if we lived in a world where the things that we wanted to happen happened all the time, you know, we wouldn't be in the world that we're in. Abs would have won a cup a while ago. At that yeah, point. I mean, it's, you know, everybody would win the cup every year. <laughs> so, for sure. It's not... And, and with the Abs forward depth this year i don't think there's really a super easy answer to this question it's not like oh here's a guy that they can just drop in and then we'll make them significantly better outside of maybe new hook if he's playing well yeah and this is the issue like my concern is what happened because alex new got to he was great at wjc's last year he was he had his moments at, at bc yep. it was not a dominant season for him there were some games where he was much better than others yep but I was I, I was happy to bend those because he kicked ass in the AHL. Now a lot of his points were power play points, but it was just him beating goaltenders. It wasn't like cheap well, points. Even even in he was just beating five, goaltenders. He just looked better than everyone. Yeah, I mean he played well, and then he rolled into Colorado's lineup and looked about as comfortable as you could ask a guy to look in that role in the postseason. And then this year, just a, it felt like a big step back in every facet for a new hook. So it it's just it's fair to wonder. And I know Evan was was saying this on Twitter the other day that I think the Avs were expecting more out of New Hook, and they didn't have a backup plan when New Hook didn't look very good. Yeah, I I I think I'm with you on that. The problem is now. They've screwed around for six games trying a bunch of dudes in that spot, and none of those have worked. So is it time to let Newhook try to work through it at the NHL level? Yeah, I I mean, it's not, again, it's not like he's been great in the AHL. So I hear it's been all right. but, But when you look at your other options, he may still be the best one. Yeah, oh, I I think he is. But, you know, I, like, I'm, look, I'm, I am simultaneously happy and surprised that they just keep rolling with the Sampo Ranta thing instead of Dylan Sakura. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm happy that they're letting the kid see what's up because this is the thing that teams usually don't do, especially teams that fancy themselves as, as high end contenders. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, I like seeing that part of it, but also you've got to start getting answers here. It's a, and <laughs> those are two different conversations, right? Replacing Sampo Ranta with Alex Newhook is still giving a look to a prospect. Replacing Sampo Ranta with Dylan Sakura is very much a, we're falling back on the veteran guy who's going to be invisible for six minutes. And that's that. Well, and, and, and to be honest with you, if this keeps up, it's a justifiable decision. You've got to do something. Yeah, you have to. You have to try sure. something else. I'm okay with trying things. Uh, it, there's just a way I would prefer them to try it because I think there's significantly more upside in not going with the veteran guy. Yeah, but there right. is. But also, like we we say that there is, but we haven't seen it. Yeah, you know, like if you look at Sampo Ranta and you say, "Oh, well, there's more upside in Sampo Ranta than Dylan Sakura." But you look at six games played and you say, where is it? Well, and, and and that's part of the process, right? Is if if the upside doesn't show up, you need to do something. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we're getting to the point here where they've got to start making a decision on, okay, hey, this hasn't worked with Sampo. Um, this hasn't worked with Cout, you know, the whatever. You know, Sampo's the guy that I'm using as the example because he's played all the games 
and he's gotten all the opportunity. Yep. Well, and, and there's no, there's nothing saying they can't do a rotation. Say they bring new hook up in Sampo's spot for a little bit and Sampo goes to the Eagles. If all of a sudden Sampo is destroying the AHL again, you can bring him back. It's yeah. not a final decision or anything. Yeah. I would also say that I don't see this forward group winning a Stanley Cup either. But the fun thing is, is that when you have young players, your hope is that they get a lot better throughout the season and that the group that you have in October is not the group that you have in May. Yep. I mean, that was always the plan for this. Yeah, that was always going to be the case this year. It was going to be a bumpy road for some of these guys out of the gate and that you had to live through the growing pains. And that's what we're seeing right now. What we didn't expect was for, you know, Andre Burakovsky to have two points in six games. Yep. You know, like he's got to be better than that. Agreed. And then you know, four points in 10 playoff games. Now two points in six games to start the year. You got to, he's, he's got to figure it out. Contract year for him too. Time yeah. to wake up. Same thing with Kadri. Like, it's not it's not that Colorado is a one-line team. It's that the guys that they are paying to be on their second line, one of them got hurt in Nichushkin. And then the other two, the one the two that you're truly relying on as your second line guys, have not have not produced that way so far. And I've you know, I've liked Kadri's engagement yeah. this year. I loved his game last night in a lot of ways because Vegas went after him hard. And he just took it. And he did. He he Braden McNabb smoked him and he got up and he went to the bench and he got McNabb later smoked Braden McNabb in return. And it was all good, clean fun. It was, it was, it was, it was all, it was, it was just good, hard hockey. And he was, he was involved in a lot of scraps throughout, but didn't cross any lines. Didn't take any bad penalties. Did not did, you know, teams have been coming at him this year because they know that he's on the razor's edge of a 30 game suspension. If he does anything out of line and he's having to walk that line really carefully. And I think he's doing a good job. I think he's engaged. He just look, man, you just got to produce. You got to find ways to produce. If Kadri is playing like that and Berkey is producing next to him, you love that line. But the reality is Berkey is not producing nor playing particularly well next to him. And the ads just lost the game two one. Yeah. Yeah. So if Berkey's not going to do what Kadri needs to for that second line. But when you look at it, it's like, when's the, when is the last time that that line actually produced a goal? Like together. It's it's been a minute. So. Because it wasn't uh, the win against Tampa. It wasn't the Florida goal. So it was some nothing goal against Washington, probably. Washington, I no, mean, even that was a helm goal and a comfort goal. Yeah. So it, that was helm comfort and then the power play goal at the very end. Yep. That didn't matter. So you have to go all the way back to the St. Louis loss for a Berkey goal. Four straight games with zero points from your second line. Yeah. That's just not acceptable. Yep. It's not good enough. It's just not acceptable. Like we're we're talking about oh, the kids and this and the depth and this and the, but I mean you've got two guys who are in contract years on your second line not doing anything for you, and then I mean the same thing like I understand Tyson Jost nursing an injury because he's got a maintenance day every single time that they are not playing, but look if you're playing in the game you've got to find a way to produce. Yep, the St. Louis game can't be it. Yep, you know, and there have been moments. But there was a, what was it, the Tampa Bay game. Broke in on the two-on-one, wide open shooting lane, tried to force a pass. Yep. You know, the the game last night, you could see there were a couple of different moments where he got involved offensively. Nothing came of it. That's the end of the day. The only thing that matters is the results, right? Like and Tyson, I think Tyson Jost has been the Tyson Jost that we saw last year yeah. for the most part. The process is good. He's driving play. He's very good defensively. He's taking care of business. He's doing good work. He's not producing. He has to produce. 
he has to produce. Yeah, I, it, right now, that this is true of pretty much every Avs forward. So they have to find a way to produce. And and not all of them are going to find it, but some of them need to. The Avs have scored more than three goals once so far this season, and they have multiple games where they've scored only one. It's not enough. And yeah. look, if you're looking for a positive note, Darcy Kemper gave him a chance to win that game last night. Darcy Kemper's put together three good games in a row. Two good games in a row. He only gave up two goals to Vegas. I said it on the pod the other night. If you're a goaltender and you give up two goals, you feel like you should at least get a point out of that game. If not a win. Yeah, and I mean, Kemper... You know, because they got down so quickly to nothing... He spent the entire game in a high stress environment because you get you give up that third goal and it's done. You know that it's it's pretty much game over in the NHL. Yep. And he kept them in it. He kept them in it that entire time. Like Kemper has very quietly been good. Yeah, I agree. So there are some positives here, but you got to put the puck in the net to win hockey games. Yeah, you got to score, man. And and look, they were they were slow scoring out of the gate last year too. It was a lot of the same cats. You know, the, the second line with Brandon Saad took two or three weeks for them to get going. And then they dominated for like a month straight. But it took time for that line to get going. So maybe now's the time to start getting guys going with St. Louis on Thursday. Um, look, the Avs are two and four. Last year, they started two, three and one. It was just fine. In 1995 and six, they started two, three and one. And we all know how that ended. So let me, uh, let me ask you, sure. Are you, would you, would you consider a big shakeup right now? Whether that be uh, a coach firing or a trade of a player. I wouldn't fire a coach for sure. Wouldn't even touch the coaching staff. Yes. That would be insanely reactionary and unnecessary. Okay. Uh, Um, I, look, any player trade is going to depend on the player and the price, right? Like, you never say no to a good deal. But okay. am I going out and actively hunting down a trade that I want to overpay for? No. I don't think we're we're not at a stage of panic yet, right? Get pretty close. I mean, yeah. two and two and four. You know, two and four is. When it's you play good. eighty, when you play eighty-two games, yeah. it's like come on, two and four. We posted the uh, season at a glance graphic the other night on the abs. The abs Twitter <laughs> How funny account, was, that? was like that is a lot of empty spaces. Yeah, on this graphic. Oh, that was <laughs> like, a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's the same thing we said a couple shows ago. They have St. Louis and they have Minnesota to end up the month. If they're two and six, yeah, some alarm bells are going off. If they're four and four, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, if they're four and four, you, and you've won two games in a row, you're like, okay, yeah, like this is they salvaged this. This is okay. I, I, it's just really hard for me to push any any panic buttons before the end of October. That's all. The end of October, you okay. played eight games. Your season is basically ten percent done. Still a small sample size, but you have something to work with. Then that's when you can say. All right, let's take a real look at this. See if there's a way we can tangibly improve the team by doing something. Yeah. So. I wouldn't panic just yet. We'll leave it at that. Come have fun at the DNVR tomorrow. Hopefully we see the Avs show up and throw down. In St. Louis. Um, Be fun to give them their first loss of the season. Yep. They're down O'Reilly. They still have David Perron, though, so that's a hat trick. Yeah, guaranteed goal against the Avs there, for sure. Uh, <laughs> in any case, AJ, any final thoughts for you, or are we out of here? Um, Tomorrow's not a watch-along, is it? it Tomorrow's is just a regular old? Okay. Um, when is our next watch-along? I think it's the Minnesota game, but I'm not 100% sure. Is it? Okay. I'd have to ask the schedulers on that one. Yeah. 
were the ones that sent them the schedule. I also don't remember what we sent them. Yeah, me either. Um, okay, cool. No, I'm ex- I'm excited for the game tomorrow. I think it'll be I feel good about it, but me too. Not that that means anything. So, yeah, I feel good about the Florida game too. Well, one way or another, we'll find out. So, we hope to see y'all at the bar tomorrow. You know, we'll be live post game as we always are. Hope to see you. Till then, we love you. We'll talk to you later. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.